We're on the subject this morning. It's Remembrance Sunday, but it's Remember and Forget Not. Deuteronomy chapter 9, and let your eye just run down to verse 7, please. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until ye came into this place, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we ask you that you would now help us to understand your word and speak to our hearts this morning. As our faces differ, so do our needs, our lives, our homes, our concerns, our worries, our fears. Bless your people this morning and meet them wherever they are, Father, and help them, we pray. And if there's one or some here this morning who are not saved by the grace of God in Christ, or maybe fallen away and are cold in heart or backslidden, we pray, O oh God, that you would cause them to remember you and cause them to return to you and rejoice in you. We ask it in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Remember and forget not how they did, how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness. God tells Israel, remember what you did. He tells them, remember where I brought you from, from Egypt. And remember who you are. Really in this chapter, God is talking to Israel about Israel's election from God, by God. Israel's grace from God. The grace of God on them. And of course, this chapter is about the humbling of God to Israel. In a nutshell, he's saying to them, you're no better than anyone else. To you and I this morning. You see, the other nations, he says, I will remove them through you. But don't you think that you're better than them? He says that I have removed the nations from before you. But I want you to know, Israel, that you have provoked me. You have sinned before me. Even though I have brought you out from Egypt under the blood of the Lamb. Yet you forget me all the time. The first mention of the word remember is in Genesis chapter 9. And the Lord is saying that he will remember. That he will remember. You see, the word English word remember is mentioned 148 times in some 144 verses. That's the King James Bible. And in Genesis 9 verses 15 and 16, notice what the Lord says, and I will remember my covenant. I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. 
and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember. Notice, I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. Notice how the Lord is saying, I will not bring such a flood again. And I'm going to set my bow, rainbow, over the earth. Brothers and sisters and friends, we tend to look at a rainbow in general and behold its colors and its beauty. And we tend to look at it, it's a symbol of hope and we know that, but we may even look at it while pointing to others. Look at the rainbow with a bit of excitement. Isn't it beautiful? Someone asks us, why is there a rainbow in the sky as believers in the Word of God? We'll tell them, well, God set that rainbow, made a covenant promise. It's known as the Noahic, Noahic covenant. The Noahic covenant means really a covenant with Noah in the time of Noah. And he set this Noahic covenant and he's saying, that bow, when you look at it, you'll remind yourself that I have made a covenant with you. But he says, when I look at it, I will also remember. No, it's not that God forgets. You and I forget through weakness most of the time. I forget everything. I forget where I park my car when I go out to do a visit in the hospital. God doesn't forget as we forget, but rather when he says he will forget our sins, it's a strength of God. And it's because of a covenant. It's because of a covenant. And if there's no covenant, then God is not obliged I'm going to say it again. I want you to hear it. If there's no covenant and that ratified in blood, God is not obliged for after Noah comes out of the ark, first thing he does is he sacrifices and there's a blood sacrifice. So covenants are ratified through blood. And God says, I remember may not be the first thing that you and I think of when we see a rainbow. We look at its beauty and its color. But if someone says, what is it for? It triggers our memory. So in a sense, we've nearly taken it for granted to almost forgetting it. I think it's phenomenally wonderful that God in his sovereignty, that God looks... And he sees this rainbow. I want you to catch this. Because when God looks and sees the rainbow, it's a reminder that in his absolute supreme authority and in his sovereignty, that when he sees the bow set in the sky, that he remembers what he said. Not that he forgets, but that is a binding covenant. Look, What about the COP26? Telling us that London will be flooded in a lot of years' time. Half the earth will be flooded. All the nations will be flooded. 
Do we listen to COP26? Or do we look at the bow in the sky and say, Lord, you have said. You have said. Find it that this bow is taken and used for, if you want, for worship of another thing. For the LGBT community. And even now for the NHS. But maybe we should be worshipping at that footstool. But brothers and sisters, we worship at one footstool. And that is at the feet of Christ. So God has set the covenant and he says in the bow in the sky, I want you to remember. Because when I see it, I will remember. Now, please don't get me wrong, God doesn't forget. It's the you and I can understand his language. He comes down and condescends to our little finite understanding. It is God's commitment to us. The word of God in Psalm 138 verse 2 says, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Notice, thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And if God's covenant is not still enforced until God sends his son again, then God's name is not what he says it is. Because he's magnified his word above all his name. His word will not return unto him void but will accomplish the thing of world until he has sent it. Isaiah 55. I want you to see here this morning that when God tells us to remember, remember the Lord who has made a covenant with us. For when he looks at it, he reminds, he's re- he remembers that he has made a covenant with us. 1 Peter 3 and 10 tells us that, that, speaks of the days of Noah, but in verse 10 he says that the earth will not be flooded, but rather it will be burned up. So God has kept his word. That's the first mention of the word remember. The last mention of the word remember is in Revelation chapter 3, If you want to turn with me, Revelation chapter 3. Verse 1, please. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write these things, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast heard, pardon me, received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Take note here of the word remember. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard. 
this church in Sardis, you can see it even in, our, in church today, in church circles. This church in Sardis, it, the Lord's telling them, I want you to remember things you received, the word that you heard. The things which you received and the word which you've heard. Now, without getting too technical, this which I hast received and heard is what's known in the original text as in the perfect tense. It's written in the perfect tense. And let me just give you an idea of what the perfect tense in the original Greek text means. It simply means a past action which still affects the present. A past action with present results. In other words, it gives the idea of it's done, it was said, it was received, it was done, and it should be having a present effect in you now. The gospel of Christ, the word of God, salvation by grace through faith, Regardless of whether you have come here this morning and whatever background you might have, the rich and the poor, Protestant or Catholic, all must be saved by grace. And this is the word of salvation. And the Lord says, I want you to remember it because you have it. Paul says that the word of God is nigh thee, it's even in thy mouth and in thine heart. So if you've been saved, am I speaking to someone and you've been saved and you know that you were saved, but yet you've gone cold, you've walked away from God, you haven't really bothered much with the things of God and and really maybe someone even backslidden completely in heart and into the world, but you knew the word of God and the word of God reached you. The perfect tense says you knew fine rightly. That's what Paul said. Pardon me, John is saying to the church of Sardis, Christ is saying through John, you know it, you've heard it, you received it and you believed it. I want you to remember it. You know, there are people who have fallen away from Christ and went into the world. And they know fine rightly they're not right where they are. I'm going to say it again. There are people who have fallen away from Christ and are, have went into the world. They've went back to spiritual Egypt, if you want. And they know fine rightly they are not right with God where they are, the condition they are in, the position they are in. They are not right with God. Well, this morning, God says, remember the word you heard. If I had a pound coin for every person that has come to me throughout the years and has said to me that they were saved and they walked away or they fell away or whatever reason they went away from the Lord, and they tell me that bit, that time, that part of their testimony when they're in maybe a gospel meeting or someone was speaking to them about the Lord, someone was witnessing to them and conviction gripped their heart. I'm talking about real, true 
Holy Ghost conviction, not emotion. But Holy Ghost conviction gripped their heart. Maybe even literally the fear of God entered in. Not saying that in a flippant sense, but literally the fear of God arrested them, laid hold on them. And now they're away from God. They forgot about him. And they get further and further away from him. And what I've said on many occasions is this. Do you see the same word that you've heard when you got saved? Yes. See the same word that you heard when Holy Ghost conviction laid hold on you, grabbed you. Terrified you. Yes. Well that word hasn't changed this very moment. That's the same word. For you. This moment. And a very very close. A common friend. Because don't want anyone finding out who this was. They backslid away from God and I tried with them and they went to a meeting. And I wasn't there, but in a meeting, the pastor says, who wants to get right with God and Holy Ghost conviction come on this person for the second time? They're close to me. And up they went. The pastor says, well, I want you to walk up. Come up if the Lord's speaking with you. And I got a phone call. And he says, you never guess what happened to me. The Lord came upon me so heavy and in conviction. I was, I was terrified. I was shaking like a leaf. I could hardly stand. And I repented of my sins. I've got right with God. It's an experience I never had like this before. And it's an experience, he says, that I'll never forget. And I says, will you let that be like a covenant? You let that be something to remind you that what happened? Three days he could hardly talk. Three days he was lying in bed, hardly able to move. The Spirit of God on him. Three days. He's a professional in work, high part job. And oh, he caught fire. He went on with God, but here's what happened. Riches and pleasures come in. And as I warned and as I warned, they wouldn't listen. Now he's far away from God. And I went and I says, listen, do you remember? Do you remember calling you to remember? Do you remember our phone call? Do you remember the goodness of God? Do you remember the grace when you fell away and he called you back? Do you remember the trembling and the shaking? Do you remember? See, that word which you have received, that which you have received, friend, that which you have received, brother, that word which you received, sister, it's the same in you now. We change, he changes not. The covenants of God are kept by God. 
You know why? Because if it was up to us, we'd break them every moment of the day. But in his grace, he keeps us. So maybe you've walked away over years or moments or whatever it may be. The word which was in you, fewer believers never changed. It's the same. It's in the perfect tense, past action still with present results. And what John is saying here, the Lord is saying through John, you know. Maybe I should just pause for a minute because I believe God is speaking even to believers' hearts. You know. You know. You know. Lord is saying to Sardust, you know. Someone got saved one time watching a a message online that I'd preached. The terror came on them. I mean, a terror came on them. They phoned, and also and I went down and drove away to see them. This person was on their knees, crying to the Lord. Well, even before we got there, couldn't wait that long. Crying for mercy, pleading with God for forgiveness, petrified with fear of hell, of being lost, terrified of it. And oh, how now they have fallen away. But the word which caused them the terror, the word which brought the conviction, hasn't changed. And so you can run and you can hide and you can miss church and you can stay away and you can block the pastor from sending you messages. You can do it all. But the word in you remains the same. Remains the same. And the Lord Jesus says, Remember, therefore, how, not only what they heard, how you heard. How you heard. People are hearing and they'll go in one ear and out the other. That's how they have heard. There's people who are hearing and they'll not take anything in. That's how they have heard. But the Word of God says, You remember how you heard? You heard through the Holy Ghost and the conviction of the Spirit. You heard the gospel. You heard the word. You heard of sinners and you heard of a savior. How you heard, it entered your heart, not just your ears. It entered your spirit. That's how you heard. He says it was a past finished action and it has present results today. And the hope is this, that if you return to God and repent, lay hold on those things in your life that are weak, Look what he says, Revelation 2, pardon me, 3. Verse 1 at the end of it, he says, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. 
Ah, church, Sardis, you have a name you're alive, but you're dead. No spirit in you. No life in you. No love for Christ. No passion. No joy in you. What John is saying here is this. He's giving them the letter of the words of the risen Christ, and he's saying, you still have the permanent deposit of doctrine that was committed to you by God. I'm going to say it again. You still have the permanent deposit of doctrine which was committed unto you by God. You can't say you don't know, but what will you do with it? You're living, but you're dead inside. You have a face for God, but you have no heart for God. You have a suit for church. No Christ in the life. Be careful how you hear this morning, will you? And remember, the word does not change for you, for me, nor for anything that's going on in society. The word of the Lord endures forever and it is settled in heaven. And notice here what it says in Revelation 3. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Notice, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Come on, brother, think about this in your own life. You've let things into your life. Come on, sister, you think about this. You've let things into your life, into your heart, into your mind. You've allowed them to govern you, to lead you rather than the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Well, think about this. There's things that you've allowed in. There's, there's things you used to be like. You used to be, used to be you couldn't have missed even a meeting because you realize, you know, I want to be in the place of worship and where the Word is preached. I want to be in the house of God. But you've let that slip and maybe, maybe you'll do a Sunday morning. You used to be in the time when maybe the Children went to school or whatever, and you sat down with a cup of tea and, and read and prayed. Or, or brother, maybe even at lunchtime, I used to do it when I was in secular work. I'd have went out at lunchtime and sat in my car rather than sit with all the men and they're cursing and swearing and read the word and prayed all lunchtime. I used to go in with some of the stores and waiting for someone coming, and maybe I'm working in the back store, and I used to just stand in between the, the, the rows of parts, and I maybe went down the back. And I used to go and say, Lord, I just want to say something. And I used to walk down and go, Lord, I love you. I just want to let you know I love you. It's the way I used to live my life when I was in secular work. Lord, I want to take a few seconds here to tell you that I worship you. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you that I need you and I want you, I desire you. Lord, I love you, Jesus. You see, here's the thing, brothers and sisters, we have allowed those things that are weakened. And there's parts of your life, there's parts of your walk, there's parts of your, those things you used to do for Christ are, they're ready to die. They're ready to die. I, I don't need to try and write a list out and guess what it might be. The Holy Spirit's doing it right now and showing you. Remember, son, you used to be like this. 
Don't forget. Forget not. Remember, daughter, it used to be like that between me and you. Remember and don't forget. Do you remember how you love me? Do you remember your faithfulness to me? Do you remember how you worshipped me? Remember and forget not. Strengthen those things, brothers and sisters. What do you mean strengthen? Get back to the cross. Get back to the blood. Get back to those things that God and you, where you found him in, in prayer when you're saved. Where you went and he turned up. And you communed and you fellowshiped together. With a single hour before the throne I spend. It's not what we sing. The pure delight of a single hour that before the throne I spend. What is it? And when I kneel in prayer, I commune as friend with friend. Strengthen it. Do you know why many people fall away from God? Because they've fallen out of love with Christ. Oh, somebody hurt me. Well, then your faith was in somebody, not in Christ. Your faith was in somebody, not in Christ. We fall away from Christ and we fall away from God. And he says, remember... Don't forget, strengthen those things. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm going to have to round this up in a few moments. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6, please. Let your eye run down to verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and, notice, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, when you've eaten of God's provision, when you've lived with God's supply, when thou hast eaten and be full, notice what he says, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods, other gods of gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Here's what God says to Israel. You're going to go into a place and you're going to eat in plenty. You're going to be blessed by my hand of provision. Your enemies are going to be away from you and everything's going to be good for you. But when you've been eating and eating well and eating to the full, when you've lived in my provision, listen, brothers and sisters, God gives us 
Everything we have, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Your job. Oh, it's my intellect, it's my talent. God enabled you to get your job. The amount of people have said to me, would you give us a reference for a job? When they get it, they walk away from Christ. Why? Because they get their overtime. Why? Because their boss demands it of them. Why? Because they want more money. Why? Because it's all about them and not about him. People plead with the Lord for this and for that and for the other when God gives it into their hand. You know what they do? They walk away from him. Forget him. He says, when you've got and you've had and you've been planted, he says, don't forget the Lord. Don't forget him. Remember him, brothers and sisters. You know when you're in your nice house, or maybe it's not too nice, but if it's dry, if it's warm. You know when you've got your slippers on at the fire, or maybe your birthday, I don't know. You know when you've had your dinner and your belly's full and all's well with you. You know whenever there's a meeting on a Sunday night and you decide I'm going to sit home because of just that my dinner, look at the luxury I'm in. And the Lord says, but this is my day. This is my day. It's called the Lord's day for a reason. It's my day. So in our reading in Deuteronomy 9, the Lord says, verse 7, remember and forget not. You've provoked me, Israel. He says through the chapter, if you just go quickly to verse 4, speak not thou in thine heart after that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee, saying, for my righteousness the Lord hath brought me into, into possess the land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord drives them out before, from before thee. Notice, we're not saved because we were so good. We don't live as we had a remembrance service this morning because everyone was so righteous. The next verse tells us, you're not righteous, he says. Israel, you're not righteous. You and I, brothers and sisters, there's nothing righteous in us. We have what we have and we are what we are because we're in Christ. And in Christ alone. Look at what he says in verse 5. Not for thy righteousness, nor for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go in to possess their land, but for the wickedness of those nations, the Lord, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, that he may perform the word which he swear which the Lord swear unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice what he's saying. He says, when you go in, it's not because there's so much good in you, I've decided to pick you. I've decided to elect you, Israel. It's not because of, of how wonderful a people you are. Know what he's saying? You're a bit better than them, so I'm sending you in. I've decided, yes, in your sin, yes, in your humanity, Yes, as Jacob's seed. Yes, as his people. 
He says, yes, yes, and yes, because you're stiff-necked and you've been wicked and you're unrighteous. Yes, you're all of that. But my sovereign grace is on you. You know why? Because he chose to. Do you know why you're saved this morning? Because God chose it. Let me finish with this. The Lord mentions Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, the friend of God. Isaac, and Isaac shall thy seed be called the elect line of God. And Jacob, the Israel of God, being thy name has changed to Israel, being a ruler or a prince with God. And he made a covenant known as the Abrahamic covenant. See, you have the Adamic covenant. You have the Noah covenant. You have the Abrahamic covenant. You have the Davidic covenant. You have the covenant of blood, the new covenant. And God says, and if you read this chapter, you know what Moses says? Lord, remember your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look on this. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I've made thee a father of many nations. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He says, you've said this. Don't let the heathens say, where is their God? Because look at the state of them. It was God's grace. It was God's mercy. It's God's goodness. It's God's kindness, brothers and sisters, that we're even sitting here today. What a thing to remember. The goodness of God to us. The grace of God in our lives. To remember the fallen in the wars and those who served here and abroad. Yes, absolutely, and I remember them. We remember them, and it's fitting, it's proper, and it's right to do so. But when it comes to our salvation, we must remember what he has done for us, who he is to us. In Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34, he said to Israel, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not as a covenant that I made with their fathers, In other words, not in tables of stone with ten commandments, but I will put my law in their hearts, in their inward parts. And this is what he says at the end of verse 34. I will forget their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. Hey, See from you got saved, brother, sister. See from you got saved. God looks at you and you have no sin. You know why? Because Jesus came and ratified the new covenant. Jesus came and shed his blood in Calvary. And listen, as he looks, God looks on the rainbow. And as he looks upon Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his seed following, as he looks at those covenants, he looks at Christ and the blood of the everlasting covenant when he died at Calvary for us. And of all the covenants, over all the covenants, he sees himself as it were as God in the person of his son. And there he sees his beloved son looking on the covenant, looking on the blood, and he cannot deny it that his son has paid my debt, that his son has paid your debt in its fullness. And he says, I'm not going to remember Ken Davidson's sin anymore. Well, the devil will try and remind him. 
The devil will try and remind him of yours, brother, and your sister. The devil will come and say, what about their sin? Look, oh, they slipped up this time. They did that. They did the other. They were wrong here. They were wrong there. Sin, sin, sin. Look at their sin. Look at Ken's sin. And the father looks at me through the medium of the Son of God and his blood at Calvary. And he looks at me and he turns to the old devil and he says, what sin? I don't see any sin. Our sins have been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. It's not something to remember. See, God remembers. In other words, he looks and he sees it. He looks and he gazes on it. The blood of my son, the blood of my sinless, spotless Lamb. He looks and he sees it and he cannot deny it. Brothers and sisters, when he looks at me, he sees me as he sees his son under the blood. And he sees you too. Now, remember, we're unworthy. Deuteronomy 9. We're unworthy. Of course we were. But for some reason, his election was this. I love him. I love her. I love them. And I will send my son to die for them. Remembering Sunday, may you leave this morning remembering all that Christ has done for us. God bless us this morning. We let them know that we're finished also, please. We're going to bring members in. Team, would you come up, please? We're going to sing while everyone starts coming up. Then we'll bring our members in. Bless the Lord. Bless God. Who gets excited when you speak about the blood? Who loves to hear about the blood? Look all over the place. See, you start talking about the blood, it does something to you, doesn't it? It does something to you. It's like the old hymn writer said, the spirit answers to the blood the Spirit answers to the blood. The Spirit answers to the blood and tells me I am born of God. <laughs> Are you born of God this morning? Remember how you've heard if you're not. Remember what you've heard and how that word hasn't changed if you fell away from your walk with God. Still the same. Still that reverential fear that came upon you, that terrifying fear maybe. Hasn't changed, it's the same. You've changed. And it's that and that alone that'll draw you back and bring you into right relationship with Christ. Boys, pick the next hymn up, the last hymn, please. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. While the children, I'm on this one.